You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with Cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at HuskerCuzCast for all podcast updates and more. Well, guys, we broke a seven-game losing streak here. We uh, Nebraska beat North Dakota 38-17. Uh, so it, it was kind of an ugly game here, but, uh, let's, uh, get, let's get your impression, Tyler, cause you were in, uh, in the stadium for this one. Yeah. Um, I, you know, initial thoughts on this. I mean, you know, I, I think at halftime, you know, there were some boos obviously as the team went into halftime, uh, I will say in the stadium, it wasn't extremely audible. Like I heard it. But I definitely, unfortunately, heard the stadium boo louder. Um, but the, but the Huskers at the time, I think they did something that I don't know if I was a hundred percent confident they could do is be close at halftime and not fold. They they played better in the second half, and uh, you know I, I guess that is a point of optimism going into the season that they did come out that second half and play not tight. They played loose and played their a really good half of football. Tyler, talk about the booing, because uh, how many times did you hear the crowd boo? Just right before half, and the onside. Okay, those, so on TV, those were the two times where you could uh, hear the crowd booing, was but, right before half, and then the, the squib kick that I'm sure in the stadium people thought it looked like an onside kick. Certainly from my view, it did, and, and again, but I, I've been in that stadium with Billy C, and I, I remember that those fans really booing, and... There were just a few fans out there. I think it was not quite bad, but I mean the player, the team deserved. It. I mean they, they being tied at halftime against North Dakota um, wasn't good. So, uh, Derek, uh, what, what, what were your impressions of this game? Uh, you know, it was really bad watching it live. I, I was pretty concerned after rewatching it. I kind of calmed down a little bit. Uh, you know, honestly, as what it was a little of what I expected in the sluggish start. I actually with the travel from Ireland, I talked about this last week. I expected a little bit of a sluggish start from these guys. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be quite that sluggish, but hell, they only had the ball four times, and it, 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 so that makes it concerning on the defensive side. But the defense was playing, I think, better than what they were than what they were getting credit for. Like they weren't giving up a ton of yardage or a ton of point, and they don't, only gave up the one touchdown. And that one touchdown drive was a seven minute drive. So I mean, <laughs> they were just keeping Nebraska off the field. Right? So it was, it was a little sluggish start, but the second half was much better. Uh, uh, t- Tyler Tyler already talked about that, so I won't get too deep into that right now. Uh, but yeah, I. I it, wasn't the game I was hoping for, but it was a win. It was a three-touchdown win, and I'll take it. Tyler, talk about some of the good things that uh, came out of this game. Well, I mean, I think you got to start with Anthony Grant. I mean, you know, I, I know we all were high on this running back room going into the season, especially compared to the past few years. I don't th- – and I think we all had uh, Anthony Grant as a starter. Um, or Certainly we all came around to that as the season approached, but – I had um, Anthony Grant as a starter. I had Anthony Grant as a starter after we did our final projection at a le- or leading rusher too. Uh, but, wow. I, but my point, my point is, I did not see this him being this good this early. 
Um, I, I, if you would have told me through two games he would have almost nearly 300 yards rushing, I would have called you a liar. I, I did not see this type of production coming from him. Um, his, his ability to make cuts and, and on Saturday really see those holes, um, it was incredible. Um, so when, when I look at the, the good of this game, I mean, it, there was other bright spots, but it really, really turned around to him. And I, I guess I'll throw one other one out. Um, week one, wide receivers, a lot of drop passes, um, kind of inconsistent play. Um, I thought with Omar Manning coming back, um, they really kind of found their six-person rotation. Um, you saw a little bit of Brody Bell. I, I think the snaps were single digits for him, but uh, Oliver Martin kind of cut back on his snaps. I think he only had a couple. Did um, he even? I guess I didn't even realize. I, I think he I think I saw. Much. I think I think both of the uh, Oliver Martin Brody Bell both had single-digit snaps. So I guess five wide receiver rotation is probably a more accurate statement. But I think they really kind of settled in and no drops on the day. Uh, played a lot better uh, football around. Well, uh, I guess it, tight, tight, tight end might have one or two. Wide receivers, but... no drops. <laughs> tight ends, different story. Derek, talk about some of the good things that you saw out of this game. Well, I, I, again, I'm, I'm going to add on to what Tyler was talking about here with the, with the passing and the fact that uh, we averaged 9.2 yards per attempt and 13.8 yards per per catch. Uh was was nice to see because I, I wasn't overly impressed with uh, Casey Thompson's ability to throw down the field all the time, uh, but we were getting some some guys in open spaces. We were seeing guys make moves. Uh, Trey Palmer looked really good in this game. I thought uh, Casey Thompson did not have his best game, uh, even though he completed sixty seven percent of his passes, uh, and we didn't throw the ball a lot. Anthony Grant was was. I, hell, he was a Big Ten Player of the Week, co-Big Ten Player of the Week. So, I mean, it, I have nothing to ar- I have nothing to add to what he did. Like he he did what he needed to do. He did what more than what he needed to do. I think. Yeah, I'm just gonna throw one more thing in here for the good, and that's Garrett Nelson. The, we saw the Garrett Nelson that we thought we would see. You know, granted, it was against a North Dakota opponent, but I mean, he was all over the field. He was making plays, uh, you know. He he had a sack, uh, forced fumble. So it all showed Mathis. I I would say the edges played both the edges played pretty damn well in this game. Can we throw Caleb Tanner in there? I know they played him at different spots, but I thought he played a hell of a game too. Yeah, I mean when you I mean you talked about I mean he, he didn't really get a lot of rushing attempts um, as they really had him in that linebacker front a lot more, but um, you know I mean. I was expecting a little bit more, uh, more sacks in this game than what we actually saw, considering the amount of times that the quarterback dropped back. He dropped back what thirty-seven times, uh, got to him twice. Well, hurried so, him a bunch, but I mean, so I, I guess it, let's just kind of go in the bad. I, I, that's one area where I would start on the bad. I mean, we had seventeen quarterback pressures, which is a good thing, but like I went back and I, I wrote started writing this down, and I, I didn't end up getting through it all, but there was. A third and 12 that we held them, that we got pressure, and the quarterback escaped and threw the for a first down. There was a third and 13 that the same thing happened, that the quarterback escaped pressure. There was a fourth and 10 that he escaped pressure. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, there was multiple occasions. Like, th- there is a good quarterback hurry, like that cornerback uh, blitz where 
he really should. I mean, he got there. He got there as quickly as he could. Pressured him to make a throw. And then there's the bad quarterback hurries where you really should be having a sack, and you don't. And that that uh, we saw a lot of those on Saturday where we were back there, and we we just couldn't make the tackle. Derek, what did you think about the pass rush? Uh, I, I'm with Tyler. Like, yeah, you got to turn some of those pressures into sacks. You, you absolutely have to. Uh, our defensive linemen are just not fast enough to catch up to them. There was a few times we had a few defensive linemen in there giving up some pressures. That they just weren't fast enough to catch him. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I thought the edges played well. I, I, I didn't see Caleb Tanner doing a ton. I, I guess I, I won't say he played bad, but I, I don't remember seeing him do a ton. Uh, but, yeah, I... I, some of it, I think, is just we we need to start dialing up some different blitzes or d- do something different because it's just it's just I don't you know. need to be a little bit it, more creative if you want to do that in the Big Ten, right? Well, yeah. Okay, so like, there's gonna be a lot of quarterbacks that are gonna tear us up if they if they have if they're gonna be able to get away that easily. So so I, the blitzes are are interesting because I mean obviously blitzing is always a good thing, but again, kind of talking about some plays that I I watched on the second time watching it. A lot of the runs were like this second and long, and we we dialed up a blitz. And our safeties and linebackers, they're just not in position of of gap coverage to make up for the fact if they run if we blitz. And the the touchdown you mentioned right before half, that was a cornerback blitz with Tommy Hill blitz. It was the worst called blitz in the world. I mean, not necessarily by design, I guess, but the, the quarterback looked right at the corner. And saw that he was blitzing and hit the cut down and cut that fourth down down to a, a two yard play. I mean, it was it was the worst thing that could happen, and they obviously ended up getting the first down and then scoring from there. But um, and on that play, the the official had ruled it Nebraska ball on turnover on downs, and then got overturned. The officiating was pretty bad in this game. Uh, as far as far as stuff like that, I mean, I don't think there were bad calls per se, but it was just, they seemed lost at times. Well, I mean, not, I mean, not just go, let's get this out of the way. The officiating wasn't bad on the calls they were making. What was frustrating is they would wait for the TV timeout to happen and then they'd come back and then they'd review it. It was just this long, long delays in the game. But, uh, well, I, I'll just say it for the uh, officiating. There were two targetings where it looked like it was probably targeting. The first one, I, I really, really thought that should be on Chancellor Burlington. Yeah, yeah, that was that was helmet to helmet. He led with the he led with the crown of the helmet. He got him on the underside underside of his uh, chin strap I, I, to all day long. That needs to be targeted. I thought it was. That is, that is a true definition of targeting. The second one on, on Casey Thompson, I was kind of okay with him overturning that one. I I didn't see much intent. My I, God, even if it wasn't targeted, was it not a late hit? <laughs> I mean, it should have been late. And we've seen that targeting call before. I mean, uh, again, I in the spirit of football, I don't mind that being overturned. But how often does a quarterback get hit in the head with a helmet defenseless without the ball and you don't see a targeting like ask Lamar Jackson? 
<laughs> I, I Every mean, game he played in college. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it, but yeah, not to go down fishing, but but the, but the sacks, the, the 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 missed tackles in the backfield were concerning. Uh, the stat, the most interesting stat I have after this game is Nebraska has twenty nine missed tackles through two games. Twenty nine. That's it. Like it. <laughs> I mean, it seems like a lot more, right? It's just we are just we are not in the pass rush. We're not making the plays, and obviously in the run game, we are not making the plays. Can I talk about something that I was really disappointed in in this game? Uh, you know, we've been talking throughout the whole off season that you know we start off with an easy schedule. You know, there's no reason we should go three and zero. Chance to get ranked. And a chance to get a lot of younger guys, a lot of playing time. And here we are playing against North Dakota. And Casey Thompson had to play the whole game. We didn't get to see a backup quarterback. We didn't even get to see a situational uh, piece where, like, Logan Smothers would come in for a package or Chubba uh, Purdy would come in for a package. We didn't get to see any of that in this game. And this is, you know... It was my easiest game on our schedule. And you guys have Georgia Southern, which we're going to be talking about next, is the easiest. But at the end of the day, this, these were our two easiest games and uh, between uh, Georgia Southern and North Dakota. And, you know, Northwestern was in there also. But we have yet to see any of these backups. And that's, that's troubling to me. Do you guys have any thoughts on that? Does that worry you? I mean, yeah, absolutely, a little bit. Uh, yeah, I expected to see a lot of lot of play. I, I don't know about Northwestern, but you definitely expect to see some backups in this game, and you definitely expect to see some backups next week. I mean, did, it needs to start happening. It wasn't I mean, just, just quarterback. I mean, the running back situation. I mean, we saw basically two running backs the whole game. Uh, saw a little bit of Irvin, but you know when he dropped that pass, it was like, all right. Go sit over there on the bench and color, buddy. Uh, but, you know, you, you didn't see Yant, and you still haven't seen Ramir Johnson in a – well, you didn't see him in this uh, this game, did you? Yeah, He got a couple snaps. He was in. He he actually got thrown to one oh, time. Oh, he did. He did. Thrown. Yeah. Okay. And they motioned him. There, I, I want to say it was A.J. Allen was also in on a play, and they motioned him in a really creative way, and it really seemed like they threw the defense. But, but Justin, on your point of backups, I, I do agree. Um, I, I did expect to see some this game. I think as the the probably a couple weeks ago, I would expect to see a lot more. But heading into this game, I, I didn't expect to see him like, you know, two-thirds of the second half type thing. I didn't think this was going to be one of those types of game. But I certainly thought we'd see him for a couple series in the fourth. Um, I think the concerning thing is quarterback. The way Casey Thompson's getting hit, I mean, he got banged up in the game. He went to the tent. He is getting hits. If Casey Thompson gets hurt, it's going to be tackling somebody on one of his interceptions. (laughs) That was a good tackle, though. Yeah. You know, Adrian Martinez made that same tackle last year and got a penalty for an illegal block, I think, or something like that last year. I kind of remember. Not that. sure how that worked, but but I remember the I remember the play. I don't remember what team it was, but but yeah, I mean the 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 quarterback not getting some more backups, especially if the, if it's Chubba Purdy. Um, if you say anything, at least Logan Smothers has. I mean, he played a game at Nebraska, has a little bit of familiarity in Nebraska. Uh, but yeah, I mean it, it's yeah, that's concerning. 
So, you know, we we had the first half that we talked about, you know, it's tied at 7-7, seven to seven, and then it took a while for Nebraska to get going in the second half. Uh, it, it wasn't until the fourth quarter, uh, you know, Georgia Southern, they had Nebraska pinned, like, inside the 5, certainly inside the 10, third and 14 on the play, and then Casey Thompson hit... Uh, uh, God dang it. Help me out Trey here. Palmer? Trey Palmer. My goodness. Hit Trey Palmer for like a 30-yard gain. And that's when Nebraska finally took uh, took over that game. Because if they had to punt, that game would have been even more interesting headed into the middle of the fourth quarter or even beyond. Uh, that was disappointing. So uh, also you saw Nebraska blow a 10-point lead. It's the third time in two games that they've blown a double-digit lead in a game. Uh, So we look at this. Uh, We look at the games here, and uh, Ken from the Generation Red podcast, uh, he had asked us on Twitter, who had the better first half? Was it offense or defense? Derek? Oh man, I'm 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 gonna have to say offense probably because there was too many missed tackles on defense and offense. I mean, they drove down, got a touchdown right off the bat, first drive. Drove down a second time, missed a field goal. God damn! Uh, and then the other two times they had the ball, they ended up having to punt it away. But I mean, d- defense just they, they didn't do as bad as I thought they did. I mean, they they only gave up three point three yards per play in the first quarter. And ended up giving up 5.2 yards per play on the, in the second quarter. But it was most of that was on that one seven-minute long drive that they got their touchdown on. Tyler, what do you so think? So that, that, one, that one drive alone, I think, makes it like offense has to be the better of the two, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think I would go with Derek. Um, when you have the ball for nine minutes, it, it's really hard to kind of – you know, get much going now, Derek. Not to correct you, but I think one was a punt. The other one was a fumble. That was the sack that we oh. gave up and lost in like two plays. So the offense certainly didn't do their part in uh, keeping the ball for a while. And I think the other punt was a three and out, if I remember right, in the first half. So the offense definitely didn't do their part in holding the ball. Seven points isn't a whole lot to be happy about. I mean, it, it it's a real Sophie's choice here, uh, but it's a coin uh, flip, isn't it? it, it it's, but I, I would lean I, again, and th- this is where expectations are a mother, because like to me, I thought our defense was going to be the strength of this team, and through two games, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case. It looks like this is going to be an offensive led team. Well, and, and I'll and I'll say this about the defense: I do think the defense played much better in the second half. I, the offense probably did too, but you know, outside of one play in the in the third quarter, they gave up two point eight yards per play, and in the second quarter, in the fourth quarter, they gave up two yards per play. Like they really kind of shut them down in the second in the second half, outside of the sixty three yard run, which they ended up holding them to a field goal on. That was a great play by Buford to hold them in there, and he really was clutch in that uh, line uh, play. Uh, their, se- their second touchdown was off of Casey Thompson's interception. They, I mean, hell, they only had 15 yards to go. I mean, it was a, it was a, it was tough for the defense to stop them at that point. Great points. Yeah. Uh, who had the better first half, offense or defense? 
Again, it's like a coin flip. All I know is like Scott Frost was not happy about the performance in the first half there when uh, he was running off field and they, they talked to the, uh, the commentator there on the on the field. My God, he was pissed. And geez, I don't th- I don't know if we've seen him that pissed in a couple of years in on on the field uh, in an interview. But uh, I think I'm going to go with offense also as being having a better. Uh, only because the defense, they, they couldn't get them off. They couldn't get North Dakota off the field. Uh, you talk about that just one long drive, but North Dakota had two double-digit play drives in that first half. And, uh, you know, they, they, they made a couple of stops, but they just couldn't get them off the field. And it's like, my goodness, you know, this is they're going to see a lot well, better offenses than this. And that's what was so frustrating about it. They only gave up 64 total yards in the first quarter and 109 in the second quarter. Like, it wasn't like they gave up a ton of yardage. It was just the getting off the field. It was the... They were able to convert, know. you know, third and whatever or fourth down. I mean, they, even, they even, converted. Even their, third down, even their third downs weren't great. They were two of five in the first quarter and one of three. Oh, really? One for three God, in, the third, it, in the second quarter. It just quarter. felt like they were converting any time that did, they needed to. It did to. feel like they did. It did feel like that. Well, it, but really, if you look at their third down conversions, it wasn't that as bad as what everybody thought it was. Wow. And, and again, I, I, I think with this game, you know, Derek definitely has said it. I, I said it earlier on. We were talking about our toughest games. I, I think that I even underestimated the, the impacts of coming back from Ireland. And I, I, I really do. I think that that is, you know, people want to say, well, you need to tackle. And I know Frost came out this week and talked about doing some more live tackling and ones and ones this week at practice. But man, when you, it's hard to do that when you're already behind on schedule. It's hard to really be like an aggressive week of practice when it's like, yeah, we're already lost a full day, and then you got rehab and everything else. It, it puts you behind the gun. The guys, I mean, it, again, I, I brought this up at the beginning. It, if I'm going to take away the biggest positive of the game, besides Anthony Grant, to me the biggest positive of the game was this is a game that, like, there was an eerie feeling. I'm sure you guys felt it, too, going into halftime. Like, could this be, like, the, the the game that just ends it and while they didn't come out guns a blazing they came out and drove right off the bat the second half they end up scoring 24 or thir- was it 31 points in the second half like that's a good half of football 31 points of like that's what you wish they would have done in the first half but you can't say that's not a good half of football when you score 31 points it was just- a good half of a half I mean, I mean thir- 31 points. I mean, however you want to slice it. I mean, they scored 31 points in the second half. I mean, if you want to say that there was a they scored the first possession of the third quarter. Yes, there was a lull in the middle of the third quarter where it did it. But I mean, they they finished the third strong. They had a good fourth quarter. They had a good start to the third. So if you want to say, well, that middle sucked because that interception by Casey Thompson. OK, I'll give you that. But like overall, I mean, yeah, I think they, they played they scored a seven- they scored 17 points in the third quarter. I don't know how much more you wanted to score in this. In the well, that's what I'm saying. Quarter, I, I mean, I, but. I, I thought I thought it was, I mean, again, they had that one interception in the third. I think it was. And, I get it. And then that and, was and the it, lull. I mean, I think they scored every other time they had the ball in the third. All right. So let's, uh, is there any other plays that you guys want to talk about here? Can, can I just talk just really quickly at, at, again? I don't want to turn this into you know, overall, but I, the second game in the row, I don't understand these rotations. 
I do not understand these rotations. First of all, I thought Nash and Wynn both played better than Colton Feast. I Ernest Hossman, I know he's a freshman. I'm glad he's getting reps. He's going to be a good player. I don't get him over Clements. I mean, I know Clements got... To, to be fair, hold on. To be, to be fair about Hausman, Hausman got better as the game went He on. did. He did play a lot better. He did struggle at the beginning. He did get a lot better, and it was his first start. I, 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 again, I, I, and, I, and I'm glad he's getting snapped, but I just you see Clements in for just a few plays, and he just attacked... Three plays. He was in for three plays. And, he, and every one of those plays, he was in on a tackle. Like, he flies towards the ball. And again... I'm fine with Hosman starting. I'm not even saying that he doesn't get more snaps, but like they rode him 40 snaps. Like that's a lot. All the starting secondary, all 70 snaps. Tommy Hill, I think plays well in spurts, but makes mistakes. I don't know why like Buford plays really well in snaps. He, but he plays everything. I'm just baffled that there is not more rotation on this defense. Sanford got into the game. Yeah, for three plays. Um, I mean, I, I get Ramir Johnson. Let, let me let me ask you this though: how, how upsetting is it to see Phelan Sanford get in, and we still haven't seen a no pull at Gates or Omar Brown, Tyreek Ty, Omar Brown, Ty, Tyreek Johnson. I mean, yeah, I mean Sanford got I mean, in before. Na- name them, keep naming them. I mean, we can go all day long. And yeah, name, I mean, yeah, I mean Braxton Clark. I mean, I mean, it's just it's yeah. I mean, it was. Um, and he played well in his snaps. I mean, I'm not against him. Play- I don't care who's playing. I just Man, Sanford play- played well in the, the three snaps he was in. Yeah, I mean, I just, I- it's, it's, it's just, it just makes you wonder how. Like you talked about rotation, it makes you wonder how how is he getting plays over some of these other guys, especially like a Tyreek Johnson who was a five star kid coming out of high school. You know, Omar Brown was talked about. <laughs> no all wonder off-season. Ohio State fans were not upset that he was coming to Nebraska. <laughs> I mean, granted, he's been dealing with injuries, but 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 uh, and and I and I really talk about this on the defensive side, of the rotation, the the one position I, I I'm kind of over because I keep hearing fans talking about this is running back. Like, I maybe Ramir Johnson, I will give you him. I, I don't want to hear about Gabe Irvin or Jockey's Yant right now. I, I think that we've been begging for the court, for the them to stick with running backs. Stick with Grant. AJ Allen, I think, is playing well. He's coming to his own. Again, I would like to see a little bit Ramirez because I think he gives you a little bit more in the passing game. And I think that I would like to see a little bit more out of the running back in the passing game. But um but yeah, I, I, I think we've found I'm good with where we are at running back at this point. I, I'm sorry, Yant, sorry, Irvin. You guys maybe goal line carries because you're bigger guys, but yeah. I, I just think it's ironic, you know, for like the last four years, you know, we've we've always wanted that like that bell cow oh, uh, rotation running back. out running back, and even even through all the whole off season, Whipple's talking about you know he likes to play three running backs every game. He, he likes to get you know play three. And then you're seeing the bell cow, which is great. I mean, it's great for the Nebraska run the ball guy that you know wants that bell cow guy, and Anthony Grant's doing it. But you know, I, to be fair, you did see three backs. You seen, I I, I know, but Gabe I think Irvin. I mean, I, th- I think when people say play three running backs, it's not like oh here's your you know here's a little pity carry. You but know, but you, I do I, I, feel I don't like know, I don't know that, I don't know that Whipple. Yeah, but I don't know that Whipple ever said, came out and said that he wanted to see three running backs carry it equally. No, like, no. And he I just said he wanted to play three running backs, and he did do and that. And I think it was you, Justin, who sent a text message saying, never take Grant off the field 
Why is he ever off the field? Oh, like, in, against Northwestern? Yeah. No, no, you said that in against North Dakota. Oh, yeah. You're like, why is he off the field? Which kind of brings the answer. He probably needs to stop being the kick returner. I don't need him to wear his legs out on kick returner. Get, he, he's a starting running back. Let, let's let's leave him off the kick return. Put Ramir back there. <laughs> All right, let's get into grades here, guys. Uh, let's start off with uh, passing offense, Tyler. You know, you know, I'm going to give it a C. Um, we didn't pass a lot. We, I mean, he still had 193 yards, two touchdowns, 67%. He did have a really bad interception. Um, I mentioned the wide receivers. I thought Trey Palmer. I know, Justin, you mentioned, I think, in the last podcast, not being impressed with Trey Palmer. I mean, th- this looked like what we wanted off of Trey Palmer when we got him. Um, Alante Brown in his, whatever, two catches looked electrifying. I thought the receivers did their part. Um, obviously, the production wasn't there, and a really bad interception kind of keeps it down a little bit, but I'm going to give it a C. All right, Derek? I could have easily given them a B if it wasn't for two things. The uh, interception was bad. And Tyler, you mentioned that. We also gave up three sacks to a team that probably shouldn't have been in the backfield on us. Uh, the rest of the stats I was fine with. But when you give up an, that interception that was just absolutely terrible in three sacks against a team that had no business sacking you, and one of them ended up being a, a fumble because of got blindsided i knocked it down to a c i other than that the passing was fine we didn't pass a ton it was effective when we did outside of the pressure getting pressured in the interception 67 percent completion percentage is fine with me uh i'm even okay with the 193 yards when you're only throwing 21 times uh but but that offensive line's got to get better at some protection there you know, I think I was a little bit more generous with my grades than I was last year. And maybe I'm becoming the professor that all the students, they want to schedule their classes with here. I, I gave the passing grade as a C plus. Uh, you guys hit it on the head with, you know, for all the reasons that uh, you guys mentioned, that's what I kind of brought into. We weren't asked to do a lot in the passing game. And, you know, and thank God, because we didn't really do that, but. Yeah, it was the, really the, the three sacks at interception that dropped it to uh, C-plus for me. So, But we're all in the same ballpark. Uh, rushing offense, Tyler. You know, I'm going to give it a B. I could have maybe gone a little bit higher. Um, Anthony Grant was electric. Um, you know, the A.J. Allen ended up having a good game, but it really did take him a while. That first half, he wasn't getting the holes. Um, you know... The line definitely played better as the game went on, but again, kind of struggled early on in the game to really create holes. Anthony Grant's vision is really what got by and his ability to cut. I mean, still finishing the game with 23 carries, 189 yards. Um, I mean, it, it, it's it's good running back performances we've seen under Scott Frost. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I still really good score, but a little bit long to get going and really a one-man show. I'm going to give it a B. Derek, uh, I went with a B plus. I, I could, I, I also could have went a little higher, but they struggled a little bit in the first half, which I didn't think was necessary. Should have been able to run a little bit better, probably all game long. Uh, but average, but Anthony Grant averaging eight point two yards per carry was pretty phenomenal. Plus, he had two touchdowns. AJ Allen, I mean, you talk about having an okay game, but he averaged five point three yards a carry, 
had a had a touchdown himself. Uh, I, I was I was really impressed with what they did overall. It just sucked that they started off as slow as they did. See, uh, I went with B minus with uh, rushing offense here, and if it, this was just a grade purely on the running backs, it would obviously be higher. But that the uh, the running the blocking ability of the offensive line is a concern, especially against the likes of North Dakota. And this just was not a great day for blocking. Uh, Anthony Grant had 108 yards after contact. I mean, that's not really due to the offensive line. That's just because he's just that good. I mean, he just he would make shit happen after uh, the play. And I'm I don't know the the I'm still dogging. I'm still gonna dock the offensive line based on the uh, the opponent here. So B minus at can, best. Can- can I point out just a really interesting thing when watching that game? Um, I noticed it in the stands, but I really noticed it on replay, is how often Omar uh, Manning was trying to block interior linemen and linebackers. I saw like, that a couple of times. It, I counted it four times. It could have happened more. Um, he did really well. I noticed multiple times Omar Manning did really great blocking on the perimeter. However, I don't know why they were having him try to be the lead blocker. That was an interesting little wrinkle, um, and I think they got away from him in the second half. Um, I don't know, maybe that was a frost element saying, hey, let's quit having a wide receiver be a lead blocker. I don't know, but... Uh, we don't use that, fullbacks, Mark. <laughs> well, he's like, hey, how about Chancellor Brewington? He does really well at lead blocking. Let, let's let Omar Manning not do that and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, all right, passing defense is next. Tyler. I, I'm going to give it a B minus. Um, you know, there was a couple plays in there where they, they definitely was a breakdown and they got it. But overall, the pass defense was there. Um, I mentioned the, the, the most disappointing part of the pass defense was the fact that we couldn't finish more sacks. We had the chances in the backfield. We were back there. Um, you know, Obviously, Garrett Nelson had that really great sack, strip sack, and uh, Stephen Wynn recovered it. But, um, yeah, just O'Shawn Mathis was back there, just couldn't make a couple of the plays. Um, but the secondary, I th- thought, held up pretty well, so I'm going to give it a B-. minus. Derek? Well, you're stealing from me here, Tyler. I went with B minus as well, but my reason is we only gave up 131 yards uh, and only 3.5 yards per attempt and 5.5 per catch. So, I mean, we the the reason they were ke- completing so many passes because they were going for these little short dink and dunk passes. It wasn't like they were getting us downfield. And so and the sacks, I, I would like to have seen more, but we did get two sacks. One of them was a strip sack. Uh, there were a lot of lot of pressures and five hurries in this game. Uh, I, I think that needs to be higher, but we'll see what happens next week or this coming up week because we're going to see a team that's probably going to throw the ball 50 times on us this week. Well, this has to be our most accurate grade because I gave them a B- minus as well. So uh, moving on to... Much, much improved over last week, by the way. Yeah. Uh, rushing offense. Wait, wait. Defense. I'm sorry, rushing, rushing defense. defense. Yes. Can't read um, my writing. I'm going to give it a D plus. Um, again, second week in a row, a lot of confusion, a lot of gaps. 
Um, you heard Shenander talk a lot about like some late personnel decisions. He thinks that led to some bad lineups. Um, 85 yards given up in the first half really kind of set a tone for a lackluster day uh, running the and run defense. Um, again, I'll, I'll give Ernest Hausman. I think he played better as it went. I, I get we we got spoiled last year with Reimer and Henrik. How well they played an inside backer and. We're definitely not, we're missing we're missing that element right now. Um, I thought Reimers played well, but um, just overall missing it. Um, Garrett Nelson was a bright spot that kind of probably kept it up a little bit by his ability to get in the backfield a couple times on running. Um, but yeah, just overall not North Dakota shouldn't have been run like that on us. All right, D plus for you, Derek. What do you have? Uh, before before I do that, I just want to add into what Tyler was talking about missing uh, Nick Henrich. Uh, I think the offense is missing Travis Volklek probably even more. And I don't think there's been enough brought up in the fact that we're missing two of our four captains on this team right now. Uh, Anyway, into the grade here. I I went with C because really it was one play that gave them most of their yards. Uh, That 63-yard run killed us. Outside of that, we gave up 112 yards for three and a half yards per carry. It It wasn't great but I don't think it was quite as bad as what Tyler's making it out to be. The missed tackles is definitely still concerning. Uh, but other than that, they played a pretty good game, except for that one play. And that can happen to any defense. Yeah, I'm, I'm right in between you. I have a C-. minus. Uh, I expected more out of our defense in this game here. And, you know, yeah, they only had one uh, huge run, which was, that was a good-looking run, by the way. Uh, but they just... It just felt like their offensive line was pushing back on our defense too many times than what they should have in this game. It just it didn't feel it didn't feel right. So I, I gave them a C minus. All right, special teams, Tyler. I'm gonna give it a C. Um, you know, we averaged 42 yards a punt. We had a block punt. Um, however, we almost screwed up that block punt. Uh, and we went one for two in field goals. Um, not great. The one thing that I am not downgrading this def- this special teams for is a squib kick. Like, I-, I know it was a squib kick and not an onside kick, but if it was an onside kick, if you're going to try an onside kick, when you're at your 50, it's not a bad time to try it because the worst-case scenario, you're really giving up 10 yards of position. Um it wasn't as squib quick as it was the right call there. I mean, I don't know what else you want to do is kick it in the back of the end zone. Like, I think that was the proper call. I I understand people have PTSD after Northwestern, but squib quick was 100% the right call there. But he he missed it. He missed it. He missed it. But an onside (laughs) wouldn't have been terrible. An onside kick attempt would not have been terrible there. Well, I, what I think is funny is I text you guys after we got the lead. I was like, uh-oh, here comes the onside kick. And then what do we see? We see this little squib game. like, what the f- <laughs> Yeah. I, I called it, too. And I, I, I was talking to my dad and a couple other guys that were over there t- watching the game. I'm like, that, but, but, I, but again, I'm with Tyler. Like, this is a perfect time to do it. You're kicking from your 50-yard line. They end up recovering a ball at the 30-yard line. So we gave up five yards with a chance to get the ball back. Who gives a shit? Yeah. All right, uh, Derek. What was your score? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Tyler. I cut you off. Were you I, done? I got a C. No, I got, got a C. Okay. I, still no punt return. Still nothing there. Um. 
I don't expect to see that all year. I, I think that's just the plan. Same as the last five years. Just what, a little okay, fair catch. Can I ask another personnel question? We brought Trey Palmer in. Like, when you thought of Trey Palmer, his biggest strength was his special teams. Are we just not going to see him back there? Maybe he muffs too many balls in practice. And that's one thing that they're, they don't have zero tolerance for. If, if you that's have the case, to catch and, all of them. And, and really, his special teams was off of one play like two or three years ago that he returned a punt return for a touchdown. We don't know that he was that great all the time. He had, he had one year where he looked but good. You heard it. You one heard game. It, it was him and Tommy one Hill. Game. Yeah. It was him and Tommy Hill. Like, that's what you heard all of camp. And then, and I think Oliver Martin's great at fair catching it. Yeah. If that's all we're doing, keep him back there. I have 100% confidence he's going to catch it every time. And the coaches do, too. I mean, they don't ask him to do anything. Just go back, wave your hand, catch the ball. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I had a B-. minus. Uh, I thought the block punt and the missed field goal kind of offset set each other. I know everybody wants to talk about the mishap happening after the block punt. I don't know what was going through his head. I don't know if he thought it was still a live ball because Nebraska touched the ball. So from the block, I don't know if that was going through his head or if he thought the play was dead and he was just picking it up to hand it to the referee. I'm really not sure, but uh, it, it didn't hurt us. It didn't do anything. We kept the ball. I think we got lucky by uh, keeping that ball because I I thought that Georgia – or I'm sorry, not Georgia Southern. I thought North Dakota recovered that. The, the, the block punt? Yeah, when White Lever well, so picked they, it they up. They touched it first. They touched it first. North Dakota touched it first? Yeah. Re- re- it was pretty clear on the screen in the game that they touched it first and... I, I, still, either way, why, why either way it, it didn't hurt us. Yeah, it didn't hurt us, so I'm not going to dock the grade. Yeah. Okay. So I have a C minus here uh, on the special teams. You know, missed field goal, the white lever. I think that kind of like just canceled out the blocked punt. I mean, it, it would have if we'd have lost the ball, but we didn't lose the ball, so I don't know why it was really such a big issue. Well, I mean. I guess then it wasn't a great play because it was still like, what, a 20-yard punt? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't a great block yeah. punt, but it was still a block punt. But I, st- with all the changes that I've made, I mean, we're still average or below average on special teams overall. If you figure in the the return game, the return game, there there is no return game. Uh, and it's just... They're, they're, Outside of two punts, if you're like grading that that they're great because of two punts, then it's like okay, that's not great special teams. We averaged twenty two yards per kick return in this game. We did return it twice and averaged twenty two yards on it. That's not terrible. Was it twenty two? That's shocking. I remember the fumbled kick return by Anthony Grant. Yeah, I mean that one. I thought it was much much less than that. Widemaster had one of those oh, kick returns. I'm sorry, I'm reading it wrong. I'm reading it wrong. Okay, you guys are right. It was, a, it was 22 total yards, not average. Yeah, I was going to say, okay. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about, yeah. Okay, so it, it, it was bad. All right, so overall team grade, Tyler. I'm going to give it a C. 
Um, I, I mean, largely offensively was what I expected. I, did I think the yards were going to come a little bit earlier? Probably. But, like, I wrote down the yards. I had 260 yards rushing and 220 yards passing. Like, we were in distance of what I expected of this team offensively. Uh, defensively was a little bit of a letdown, especially against the run. Special teams was fine. Um, I, again, I, I predicted a 38-10 to 10 win. We won 38-17. to 17. So, again, ex- expectations maybe are kind of bumping that grade up a little bit for me. But all around, I, I thought we played about as – we played a really great second half of football and um, largely, I mean, again, what obviously first half was a disaster. So kind of averages out to a C. Derek. I went with a C plus. It was a 21 point win. Wasn't pretty. I, C plus. Yeah. I, I gave this game a, a D plus overall, you know, tied in tied at half against an FCS opponent, blowing a 10 point lead against that same uh, opponent dogfight I mean, into the fourth quarter. Uh, to be fair, to be, to be fair, there's a lot of teams that were in dogfights with FCS teams. This I mean, we can, do, we, can do, we can do grades on those teams too, if you want. But I mean, I'm just talking about Nebraska grading out against a, an average FCS opponent here. Uh, what would you give Iowa's offense? Oh, an F minus. <laughs> Can you give him a Z? Can you give? I mean, incomplete. Basically, it's an incomplete. And why? I mean, we're going to talk about Iowa here in a little bit, guys. We, that's one of our games of the week that we're going to be talking about. But yeah, I was they they have some problems there. But uh, back to Nebraska, it, it was a D plus effort. This is a game where, I mean, people were not feeling good at halftime. The coach wasn't feeling good. The players weren't feeling good, and the fans damn sure weren't feeling good. And Tyler, I don't know what the sentiment was in that stadium, but I mean, was it was it was that the quietest halftime that you've ever endured at a game in Lincoln? I mean, they did a Stranger Things band routine that I kind of enjoyed. Did you take that? Who, I'm not a big uh, band fan, but uh, I don't know. I like I enjoyed the Stranger Things theme uh, halftime show. So, God, I'd, I'd like to see that. That'd be interesting. I love Stranger Things, but. All right, D plus. All right, uh, let's move on to our uh, preview of Georgia Southern. Uh, they were three and nine last year. They returned eight starters on offense, five starters on defense. Uh, they have a new he- head coach, Clay Halton, who's taken this team from a triple option to uh, a more passing attack. What he wants to do. Uh, Nebraska, I'm sorry. Yeah, Nebraska, they are 23-point favorites in this game. The over-under is 62-and-a-half. Uh, they're coming off a 59-to-7 win against Morgan State. Tyler, what do you think of this Georgia Southern team? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people will look at that 59-to-7 victory over Morgan State and say, watch out. But, I mean, guys, Morgan State is one of the bottom 10 or 12 teams in FCS. This is very reminiscent of Wagner Buffalo last year, where uh, Buffalo won sixty nine to seven. Which kind of brings me to the first thing about Georgia Southern. Something to know about them is their quarterback is Kyle Vantrese, um, who was the starting quarterback at Buffalo uh, last year when the Huskers played him. He went twenty seven for fifty with one interception, no TDs. Um, 
The guy is a 59% completion pass passer in his career with 29 TDs and 14 interceptions. Um, if you look at what he did last week, put up some really pretty impressive numbers. But this guy, I mean, uh, I think the competition did a lot to help with this. And I know Derek had a chance to deep dive and watch this game. And so love to hear what your thoughts on Vantrese and that whole Georgia Southern uh, passing attack. Let's hear it, Derek. All right, well, I'm going I'm to start off with it wasn't very impressive. It got it got more impressive. They were in a dogfight with Morgan State in that first half. Uh, it, they scored a touchdown. They scored the, the first touchdown they scored was a batted ball by a defender that got batted back towards the. I mean, it came. It was in the back of the end zone. Got batted towards the front of the end zone, and a running back dove for the touchdown and, and ended up getting it. It wasn't even a pretty pass. It was a terrible pass. Uh, it just worked out well for him. Uh, his completion percentage in that first half wasn't great. Uh, he, he he played a lot better second half than he did the first half. Uh, they they have some receivers that make some really good catches. And there were, our secondary is going to be in for a dogfight with some of these receivers, I think. But the, but the, but Kyle Vantrese's ability to throw it to him isn't as good good as what his numbers look as they do. Uh, the, the interception he threw him was, was absolutely horrible. It ended up being a pick six that uh, was Morgan State's only score of the game. Uh, they, they, can't, they can't run the ball very well. Uh, I, I, just, I wasn't overly impressed with the offense, but they did, they did put up some numbers. Well, as far as their wide receivers go, they return five of their, uh, well, pass catchers, actually, between wide receivers and tight ends. They returned their top five, and they added a Houston transfer that had 30 starts. So they got some guys there. They returned. And, and look, their, their receivers, Sam Kenderson had seven catches for 99 yards. Uh, Caleb Hood, I'm sorry, I'm probably butchering his name a little bit there. Uh, had had six catches for 88 yards and a touchdown. Jeremy Singleton, another another receiver, had five catches for 60 yards. They're, they throw the ball all over the place. Uh, Duran Burgess had four catches for 33 yards and a touchdown. Uh, their tight end, they don't they don't use their tight end a ton, but he averaged 16 yards a catch, but he only had two catches. Yeah, and their offensive line, they returned four of their five starters from last year. So I mean. And, and and they didn't look good against Morgan State either. Their offensive line State did not look good. Pressure. No, Morgan State was putting some pressure on him. That's good for Nebraska. Was he getting the ball out pretty quick though? Yeah, he was. But a lot of times it was they just weren't good throws. I mean, he was he was rushing himself, but they weren't great throws. I mean, they like to throw short, short to intermediate, uh, or yeah, yeah. You you be be ready to see a lot of screen passes. Really. Uh, wow, that's interesting. What did you think about their defense, Derek? Did you go in depth about that? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, their defense, I, it, it wasn't overly great. They uh, Morgan State ran a ball on them pretty well. I mean, I, they only had 172 yards, but they were running it right up the gut. I mean, it was just there, there was big holes. Uh, I, I don't know what to take from their secondary or their pass defense because that quarterback from Morgan State was horrible. Yeah, I mean, he he really was bad. He was way worse than Calvin Trees was. 
from from a personnel standpoint, though, they added a North Carolina transfer to their defensive line, and they returned five of their top seven defensive linemen from last year. Uh, they have zero starters returning on at the linebacker, and then they have their six of their seven top defensive backs. Well, there's so a the little nose- bit of experience there, but not that it's great experience. Well, there are no starters back on defense is kind of misleading because. Todd Bradley was a starter for them and got injured in the first game of the season. Is he and a linebacker? He is, he's a linebacker, a seventh-year senior. So, he, he took a COVID year. He, he was a red shirt, took a COVID year, and then got an injury red shirt, and he is back. So uh, seventh-year senior at linebacker. We had a seventh-year senior play uh, on Saturday also. The uh, UCF transfer, he got in the game. I not realize he got in. Um, good for him. But um, but but you there. I, w- I will say this just to add to their defense. They did have three interceptions and a fumble recovery. It was actually a muff punt. Uh, but the, but the, their three interceptions were just very poorly thrown balls. They only had one sack. They did only have one. They sack. only had one. They did, they did have five hurries though. But that 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 is uh, that that. Again, I know we're going to talk about this, but this this is a guys. If this isn't the game that we see what I thought out of this defense, if this is the game where I mean, I I just don't know when it's coming. You're gonna you're gonna get them to drop back fifty times. They're they're pa- they are not a great pass rush or, or pass protection team. They don't rush the passer. Like this this is if there is a game where like we need to be great like this this needs to be like the game that the Kool-Aid starts flowing again well Tyler how how do you see this game playing out then in in some ways a lot like North Dakota um I do think we'll score a little bit earlier and often but I think we're gonna do a lot on the ground I I wouldn't be you know by bold prediction is I, I think we're gonna go for 300 yards rushing um on Saturday I think we're gonna run the ball really really effectively um, I, I think we're going to get after the quarterback often. I think they will get a couple passes on us. Um, I think Clay Hilton and that team will find a way to get a little bit against our secondary. But I, I, I think this is a game we will finally see backups in come fourth quarter. Um, and and, and th- th- again, th- this is this is it. This is the game. If we don't see the pass rush be dominant this game, like I don't even know if we'll have a good pass rush this season. It needs we need to be like a four plus sack day. Um, for me to like even feel like we have a good pass rush at this Are point. Are you suggesting that Frost is going to force Whipple to run the ball this game? I, I I don't know if force is the right thing. I mean, I think we'll throw a little bit to set up the pa- run. I just I think we'll have a lot of success running the ball and I don't know why. I mean, I think some of it will come up when you're up a few touchdowns, you'll start running the ball even more. So, I don't think we'll be I certainly don't think we're going to have 110 yards passing. I, I think Casey Thompson hopefully will be, play a little bit cleaner than he did last weekend. Um, avoid that interception. A little bit cleaner pocket hopefully will help. Um, but I, I don't see him throwing for more than 193 yards. Okay. Derek, how do you see this game playing out? Uh, about the same as Tyler, but again, this is what I kind of expected for the first three games to begin with. Uh, when we did our bold predictions before the season started, I believe my bold prediction was that we'd have more rushing yards and passing yards in the first three games. And if we have 300 yards rushing in this game, Tyler, it may come close to that. Yeah. Uh, but but I agree. Like, after watching this defense, 
And I, I guarantee you, this, this staff has watched this game more times than I have against Morgan State. Uh, they're they're, they're going to find that there's wide open holes for these running backs to run through. And I, I don't see any reason to run, not to run, not to lean on the run if if, if it's going to work. So there were holes open. Were they a poor tackling team? Or were they okay tackling? They were okay tackling. Uh, there were just big holes. Uh, and, and that running back from Morgan State, well, he was pretty decent. Like he 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 was a little juke. He was he got but he made some big runs. Okay, uh, well, let's get into score predictions here. Uh, Tyler, start us off. Yeah, again, I kind of see a similar game as last week as far as score and production. A little bit better for the Huskers, but I I ultimately have it going 42-17. to 42-17. All right, Derek? I have it a little closer than that. I'm a little concerned about our defense at this point. I think we're going to get up some points because that secondary still scares me. Uh, and then those receivers did look good. Uh, I have Nebraska winning 38-21. 38-21. Yeah, I'm with you, Derek. Uh, their ability to pass the ball kind of scares me with our our safeties. Just they don't seem to be that great this year. Uh, I think they're good. They're just not in position. I don't know if it's okay, I mean, them or – but here's the thing. I don't know if it's them or the or their play calling. I don't know if, if they're being taught to stay that far off the, off the line or – if they're just out of position, I, I don't know what the, I don't know how to tell what the difference. I wouldn't is. know. I wouldn't think that Shenander forgot to coach defense all of a sudden because, I mean, you know, granted, you know, we've had some pretty darn but, good. Then safeties. how has he not adjusted this? Rotate, I, maybe Rotate the person, the, the personnel's not there. I mean, this, the guys aren't there. Uh, but when I look at this, and but they're I, lining up out of position, they're they're fifteen yards off the off the damn line of scrimmage. They don't need to be that deep. You would think Shenander would be like, hey, scoot up a little. I mean, it's one of those things. Maybe maybe it's like you damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you press up on them, then you're going to get beat deep. But at least you can get keep everything in front of you the other way. I don't know. Uh, but, but it is scary. Wh- whatever they have to come up with to solve this, it doesn't seem like it's an easy solution because we've seen it through the first two games here. And so I have this game uh, very close, 31-24 to 24 Nebraska. Uh, I think this is going to be a game that we're going to be shitting our pants a little bit in the fourth quarter yet again. It's, uh, so buckle up for this one. All right, let's get to the games of the week here. Uh, we got some okay games here. Uh, first one is something that uh, the media has been promoting uh, quite a bit, but I don't think it's going to be that interesting. Number one, Alabama, 20-point favorites at Texas. Uh, Derek? I, I want to say this is going to be a close game, but it's probably not going to be. Oklahoma, Alabama probably runs away with this pretty easily. All right. Uh Tyler? Bama. I mean, there there is, I I don't know what the spread is. I I probably is it twenty. I think I'm still betting Bama. I might <laughs> actually bet that one. I I I I just think this is going to be a roll away game. Yeah, I'm with you, Alabama. Uh, number twenty four, Tennessee minus six and a half at number seventeen, Pitt. Tyler. Yeah, I mean Tennessee last week. Um, 
looked good against Ball State. Uh, Pittsburgh ed- edged out a West Virginia team, which I'm not very high on. One of the reasons why Pittsburgh did it is uh, Rodney Heyman had 129 yards and two TDs, and then he got hurt. And I don't know if he's playing on Saturday. I think that's a, enough of a difference to swing this game the the Vols' way. So I got Tennessee winning this game. Hey, you did real quick. You didn't say how we did last week. Just sorry. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm, I'm out of practice. I haven't done this in a while. Uh, last week, Tyler, you did go six and zero. This is the only reason that you're bringing this up because you never go six and zero, but. You got six and zero. Derek, you went five and one, and I went four and two. So that's how it's stacking up right now, and it will probably change drastically after this. Uh, Derek, uh, Tennessee Pitt. Ah, uh, I, I went back and forth on this game. I think this could be a good game. Uh, ultimately, I think I think Tennessee probably edges them out. I think Pitt's just missing Kenny Pickett a little too much. Yeah, I'm. I, yeah, I agree. This this was the toughest game on the docket for me to pick. And uh, ultimately, I just went with the home team here. I went with Pitt. I, I almost did. And, and Pitt has the better-looking win. I, the West Virginia win, to me, is way better than what Tennessee did. I mean, I know Tennessee won very handily, but I can't remember who they played. It was so All State. All State, yeah. All State, okay. I mean... They might not so, have so two wins this year. I do think the West year. Virginia was... Yeah, I think West Virginia was the better win, but ultimately, I, I just I think Tennessee. I, I think they were just missing Kenny Pickett a little too much. Number twenty Kentucky at number twelve Florida. Florida coming off the upset of Utah. Uh, Tyler, you know I I don't know what to make of this Florida team. I think the Anthony Richardson thing is really interesting. Um, he only had one hundred sixty eight yards passing. Um, he did have one hundred yards rushing and. I'm already hearing people say, could he rival for the Heisman this year? Um, I, I don't know. Utah's good, but I don't know if it's that good to overcome. But independent of the Utah game, which obviously was a huge win for Florida, I thought Florida would be better than Kentucky going into this year. I, I still think that. Um, I, I do worry about a letdown a little bit, but I'm going to go uh, Florida doesn't blow it, and they, they win against Kentucky on Saturday. Derek? I, ultimately, I went with the home team on this as well. I actually, I think this is the only home team I really picked. But I, I was impressed with Florida's win over Utah. I, I thought it was a really good win for them. I, I think they're moving in a good direction. I, I know Kentucky's going to be a tough, tough slate, but I, I think home field advantage gets it for them. Yeah, I remember a couple of years ago uh, when we were in Tulsa, we ran into Adam McClintock there at the golf course. We were sitting there talking to him, having beers, and he was talking about how great of a coach Billy Napier is. And that he was just like, he was high on their board for just for what they do with uh, with him and Dave Vartu, their little company and stuff. I mean, they were, he was so high on them. Me? I mean, shoot. I, I didn't think anything of Florida this year. I thought last week, I thought Utah was going to go in there and roll them. And I bet Utah, Florida surprised the shit out of me. They really surprised the shit out of me. Uh, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna keep rolling with that hot hand uh, at Florida. I, I'm just gotta take Florida here. Uh, the next game, this is this is my favorite game of the week. I, I can't wait for this one. Uh, number nine Baylor at number twenty one BYU. 
Uh, BYU, they're three and a half point favorites. Uh, but this is a 9.15 kickoff, 9.15 Central Time. So, interesting. Uh, Derek? Uh, I, I, I like Dave Aranda. I think he's a good coach. I think he's got Baylor going in a really good direction. BYU is a good team. I don't want to take anything away from them either, but I, I think Baylor wins this. I think Baylor's the better team. Tyler? Yeah, last year Baylor and uh, BYU played. It was in uh, Waco at the time, and Baylor won 38-24. to uh, Baylor returned four starters on offensive line and a fifth guy who has eight starts under him. I think they're a little bit too tough up front for B- uh, BYU. And and I'm with you on Dave Aranda. I like what he does. I, I had BYU, Baylor winning the Big 12. I think they have enough to edge out BYU. I do think this is going to be a tight game, one of the tougher games of the weekend. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. Uh, my wife and I, we, we went downtown Waco uh, last week to watch the first half of this game. They were playing Albany. And uh, not a great opponent, but, you know, couldn't watch that fast. So, but they just beat the shit out of them. The, the bar that we were at, it was pretty cool. Every time that Baylor won, or, or not won, they scored a touchdown, they'd like spin this wheel of doom shit. And then they'd give like free drinks, not free drinks, but like reduced price drinks, like uh, like pickle shots and stuff. I know uh, my wife got a pickle shot. I'm not into pickle shots, but uh, they, they have like this whole wheel, all kinds of drink specials. But So that's pretty cool. Uh, maybe I'll hit uh, that place again this weekend. But yeah, give me Baylor. I, I, I like Baylor. That's just a hometown homer thing. You put Alabama in front of me, I'm probably picking Baylor. So uh, Iowa State at Iowa. Iowa is surprisingly three and a half point favorites where it doesn't even seem like they, they can score three and a half points. Tyler. Yeah, I mean, th- this was the toughest game for me. Uh, uh, two weeks ago, I had Iowa easily winning this game. I, I went back and forth. I- Iowa has won six in a row, and I think they get seventh. I-, I I know it's easy to poke fun at them against South Dakota. Again, you know, one, one thing we didn't talk about the North Dakota recap is the- these FCS teams comes in. It- this is their Super Bowl, and... That that's a good team in South Dakota for FCS. I, I, I'm not defending the the awful offense there, but I I I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback. I mean, that's the million dollar question. Is it Padilla? Do they pull the trigger and take Petrus out there? I mean, I feel I don't know. I really don't know. I I'm not confident it's going to be much better with him. Uh, why would Why would you continue to play Petrus? Can he block? Can he run the football? Like, I mean, that that whole offense is broken. I mean, it's not just Petrus. Um, it's but, not. But ultimately, I do got Iowa winning this game. Um, I, it, it's. I just think they're. I don't know if Iowa State will score ten points on them. So, uh, it, it's going to be a Iowa football is going to suck to watch. I feel so. I never thought I'd feel sorry for Hawkeye fans, but God, they they may not see a hundred points this season. Could you imagine if they had Logan Smothers on their team? What they would look like. It'd be a West favorite, right? If you had a bet right now, if I if I if I set a line for two hundred points total scoring in Iowa football games this year, would you take the over or under? Two hundred points total through twelve games. Twelve games. 
Are we counting any defensive or special teams touchdowns? Total points. Total points. Oh my god, that's so tough. I'd probably go under. I mean, is is that the wrong answer? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's so abysmal. That's less than twenty. I mean, that's that's gonna be a lot of teams. And they'll still win eight games scoring (laughs) like that. You know? Yeah. That defense and special teams is they're putters. Iowa lockout. Iowa. All right, Derek. Well, they might win eight games, but this ain't one of them. Uh Uh-oh. They're going to lose six to three. (laughs) They're not going to get the benefit of the safeties this time? There's no way you're getting two safeties in a game. No. Ain't happening. So, Derek, I think you like the under on the 200-point bet. Oh, absolutely. What about 100? I mean... 166 yards against South Dakota. Hey, what is the... 166 yards. Dude, they only had 57 yards rushing. Like, I was known for running the ball, and you couldn't run the ball against this FCS team at all. I talk for a second because I am very curious on what the over-under on this game is. It's got to be. It's got to be so low. Give me 20. I'm still taking the under. <laughs> it's got to be so low right now. I mean... I mean, it's rare that you see games like under... You know, 35, especially in college. Rare. I mean... Give me 10, I'd probably still take the under. <laughs> that's pretty... That's insane right there. Uh, my God, I'm, I'm just not seeing it here right now. I mean, Iowa State's not going to score 40, on 40.5. It's, it's 40 and a half. 40 and a half. Oh, hammer the under all day I'm, long. I'm, 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 I'm going to put that in. I'm going to mark, this, I'm mark this one because I will bet that. 40 and a half. That's insane. I I don't see it. Iowa's defense is so good. They're not going to give up 20 points. And their offense damn sure ain't scoring 20 points. What, what? I don't I don't I'm think their in. offense could score 20 points. You locked it in? Again. <laughs> all right, I'm going to lock it in here, I too. This I don't is, think their offense... I don't think their offense can score 20 points against St. Cecilia right <laughs> Blue Hawk reference. All right. I have Iowa winning this game, but it's going to be just one of those games where it will just be butt ugly. I mean, look, I am so impressed with their defense and their special teams. God, they got the best punter in the country, right? It's punting porn. It's just you sit there and you're like, it's like hitting that perfect sand wedge and putting it like you just platting it every single time. Every single time. It's not like he did it like just one yeah. time or two times. I mean, that dude is consistent. I bet he's a hell of a golfer too. Yeah, I bet you. God dang. But, yeah. But, well, well, maybe they ought to, maybe they ought to try my quarterback. Can he punt? Can he just kick the football and like let his guys catch he it? He could probably kick it. He could probably kick it to a receiver better than <laughs> Jackass can throw it to him. God, Petrus, he's got to be. I, I sent a tweet out on Saturday, Saturday just watching him. I was like saying that I don't know if he'd be the fifth best. He'd be fifth string at Nebraska, and then I'd follow up. I was like that might be too high. I, I get. I I understand it was bad, and I I don't think he is that bad. But he only plays one good game a year, and that's against Nebraska. But is there really confidence that Padilla is actually good? 
I mean, if you're a coaching staff and you saw that product on the field, I mean, is is Padilla cross-eyed or something? I mean, there's got to be something that's preventing him from taking the field from over Petrus. Because why would you not even give him an opportunity, like a series or two, on the line? Unless he's that big of a clusterfuck that you can't even trust him to handle the ball without turning it over. Maybe Brian Ferentz just isn't a good quarterbacks coach. Well, Seems how this is his first year ever doing. Well, it's not like Petrus got worse. I mean, he's he's just never been good. But so so I like Kurt Ferentz. I think Kurt Ferentz is the best uh, coach in the Big Ten. He's up but there, like yeah. I I cannot fathom with the transfer portal age how he allowed this situation to occur. I mean, like Iowa has a legit championship de- defense. They have championship special teams. Like, not, I'm not talking like Big Ten title. They have. How do you not go out grab Adrian Martinez or like name fifty of the transfer quarterbacks in the portal? Still go out and grab one. There's still guys out there. Maybe you can still get a guy. Like, like I don't. I, it, dude, how? I, I just want to put. I just want to put. I just want to put this out there right now. I love my son more than anything in this world, even more than Husker football. I, I, he is my world. I love my son more than anything in this world. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you were my offensive coordinator, step into my office. Because you're fucking fired, all right? There's no way this guy should even have a job at this point. Yeah. This guy ain't getting taken away by anybody. Nobody is going to take Brian Ferentz and go, yeah, we want this guy. He should not have a job. The only reason he has a job is because Kirk Ferentz isn't yeah. going to fire him. And, 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 and you know, that I had a... I, I would love. We need Jeffrey the Greek on for a segment on this, but like I've heard this that one of the reasons why Kurt keeps coaching is he wants Brian to be get named head coach, and I want that to happen so bad. Like I, I go to bed at night saying, "Please put Brian in charge of this team." Yeah, keep keep on laughing when Scott Frost is fired. They're going to name Brian Ferentz as the head coach in Nebraska. I'm yep. done. I'll be done watching football. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, let's get out of here. Uh, let's hope for a big old win. Tyler, are you going to go to the game on Saturday? No, I'm going to be back in Hastings uh, watching with Derek. Oh, so, nice. So, bet, so bet, hey, bet Nebraska. Is that what happens when you guys get together and win? Because... Uh, I was well, there last year, Tyler. and it doesn't happen. <laughs> it's, it's usually what happens when Tyler doesn't go to the games. Oh, That's yeah. not fair. My my record <laughs> under Scott Frost going to games is now 40%, and I believe that is better than his actual win percentage. So, if anything, <laughs> I uplift Scott Frost in the Huskers when I we'll, attend. Well, stop going to these FCS and Group of Five games. I mean, <laughs> you obviously aren't going to Power Five games. Almost beat uh, someone power five once, but I can't remember which one. But uh, no, it, last thing uh, before I, we get out of here. Hey, it is nice. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Brian Kelly, for taking the laughing stock out of Nebraska's cans for one week. It is very nice of you because he is getting bragged so hard. Did you see the press conference today? I did. Uh, are you talking about where I the uh, the reporter mocked him? When he said the, all the reporters showed up late and he said something about finding them and we'll have a party at the end of the year, like kind of a fun joking, and the reporter says, 
maybe if you win, we show up on time. Could you imagine if that would have happened at a Scott Frost presser? Frost, Frost would have cut off every... Can you imagine you know, if it happened under Bo Pelini? Oh, yeah, Bo Pelini would have fought somebody. Aaron Sorensen, is that you? Get your ass over here. But no, I mean, yeah. I, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was kind Kelly. of funny, but it was kind of like one of those things like, oh, that person will never, ever be back at a uh, uh, presser again. I mean, credentials revoked. I mean, LSU right now, they're, 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 they've taken the laughing stock to thank you, LSU. I bet the under in that game, so I was the I was a happy man, just like everybody else that bet that under that game. Sorry, Derek, you bet the over. I did, I did. All right, uh, I, let's get out of I here. Could, I could have broke the TV after that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, special thanks to our producer Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cast on Twitter at Husker Cast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcasts. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. As always, go Big Red. Inside the